welcome to another episode of We're Not Wizards. My name's Richard. I will be your host for this evening. And tonight's show is going to be called Gruck or Arg, Ar Ravage, Ar Ar Plunder. Now, um, I know why it's called that. And you will know why it's called that. Because joining me tonight is a gentleman by the name of Ian Schofield. Um... It's going to be um, what we call a, a kind of a quick start on the Kickstart um, show because Ian is running a Kickstarter campaign at the moment um, and it's got a lovely long, long title. You might have heard of it. It's been all over Facebook quite recently. It's called Ravage, Dungeons of Plunder, an alternate dungeon crawler. And I'll probably change the title of the show because I don't know how to write Orc. But good evening, Ian. How are you? I'm doing good. Thanks, Richard. I think that was probably the as good as as a kind of an orc kind of introduction to the show as you're gonna be as you're gonna get. Um, uh, for anybody that's listening to this for the first time, um, thanks for joining. Um, the reason that we do this is because there are quite simply not enough podcasts out there about board games. Um, first of all, how long has the campaign been going? Is about eight days now. Is that right? Uh, it's its anniversary today. It's uh, one week today. Well, that's very good. And um, how are you? How's your? How are you in your mind at the moment? How are you feeling at things at the moment? It's uh, it's it's been really good. I'm I'm really really pleased with with how it's going. Um, and we're we're only about 130 pound, I think, away from from funding uh-huh. um, at the moment. So so fingers crossed. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> hopefully we'll get this thing done. <laughs> no, I mean this is the second time that you've run it, isn't it? Yes, yes. So I, I ran it up the the first time, um, but I didn't have any any reviews. Um, oh, right. And the shipping that I had wasn't favourable to um, globally, as it were. So in Europe and the UK, it was a good price, but for America and Canada, it was just far too pricey. So I had to kind of step away and try and solve those bits and pieces. So uh, so as those bits and pieces were kind of going on, because um, I'm working with Modifius uh, helping me out mm-hmm. with um, with the shipping uh, and things like that, so talking to them. So I, I kind of had a little bit of downtime in the in the month or so that I was off Kickstarter. So mm-hmm. I, I added in a one versus many mode to the game as well while I was uh, while I was taking that little bit of time. Just added in a bit more of those features. Yeah, just to, just to offer <laughs> just to offer kind of something new. Um, I mean, one of the things we like to do is um, is we want to find out a little bit more about your kind of your background with the hobby. Mm-hmm. And as I always say, we like to have a little um, a little peek back at the past before we have a long stare at the navel of the present, and uh, then jumping, skipping, and running off into the future. So, what's been your kind of your history? with the hobby so far um oh dear uh back back in the day way back in the day um it was the i suppose it was dungeon master on the atari st really or the amiga 500 okay. you're probably t- too young to remember that um <laughs> but, but that's way way back in the day um Ian, I started so, off on a spectrum, so... Oh, no, you're all good then. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking you'll about. You'll be sitting there with a the graph paper and drawing out yeah, your own yeah. maps as, you're as in you amongst, Yeah, you're in amongst friends here. You know, you don't have to worry about feeling kind of old. There's, 
potentiality <laughs> that I'm actually just older than you as it is. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to... Um, I might, but I'm not let's not get end. into actually labelling what that is. We'll just no, let's not. No, no, let's that. do that. We can leave that at the end, and then we can, you know, once we're once we're away from this, we can actually confess. So how old <laughs> are you then? <laughs> <laughs> but um, but yeah, that's where it sort of started. It was it was that, um, and then I'd have to wait for my brother to go out so I could um, sneak his um, Dungeons and Dragons red box that he had. All right. Yeah, and start sort of pilfering through that, and just looking through through all of that, and that was uh, that was just superb. Um, so then, obviously, Hero Quest came out. It was sort of the pinnacle for for most kids of that age, really. Um, did you? Got, got where did that. you get yours from? Where did you get yours from? Mine was a Toys R Us, which I think was the the first Toys R Us that was in Brent Cross at the time. Really? Yeah. Mine was the Littlewoods catalogue. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Because that used to be the thing. You never really used to have kind of adverts on telly, and it wasn't like days of. T- you didn't have flipping. Uh, no, no, the, there, there was like an in, there was a Hero Quest advert. I don't know if it was just there an American an American yeah. one or a UK one, but uh, I remember one. I remember there being some kind of butch guy kind of going about. I do remember at the time there was also the. I remember the advert for the Barbarian computer game. Yes, where they had kind of. Um, they had the barbarian, and then they had—I think it was—they had a this model the at wizard. the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And they had a model at the time, kind of draping herself across the arm of the barbarian, and she wasn't wearing very many clothes at all. No, I—I the... I think the artist Boris Bellegio had a lot to answer for for, for that time. <laughs> I think so. But the—I think the eleven-year-old or twelve-year-old me at the time kind of jumped secretly for joy. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but no, I mean, I think Hero Quest was. For me, and probably for you, it was kind of like I didn't. I knew of Dungeons and Dragons, mm-hmm. but I knew it was very, very role play. But Hero Quest seemed to be a case of, oh, you were actually figures on a board, and it looked a kind of a lot more kind of so, accessible. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It, it was massively more accessible than than just a big book of text. Yeah, which for some kids, it's just it's far too much. They just can't cope with that to begin with. Did you? It's kind um, of. It's, I suppose it's. And don't use it in a bad connotation. It's a gateway yeah. game. Of course. <laughs> so it's kind of getting people into the hobby from there. Well, I think it was not the first. It was almost like the first one of its kind because it was a co- collaboration between. I think it was was it Milton Bradley and Games Workshop. Yeah, yeah, it was an MB game. Yeah, and I remember. I, it, I've still got it sitting behind me. In fact, I, I yes, I purchased it again. About um, oh, when was it? About four, four or five years ago, I managed to get yeah. a copy off eBay because because my one had gone missing. Um, I've got um, I've I've had I have um, Hero Quest Advanced. Oh yes, I remember that. I remember painting a lot of that one because um, they had you had your normal figures, but you also got an entire little kind of battalion of little men at arms to play along with that as well, which was really kind of cool. Oh, is this the the advanced hero quest one or the Games Workshop advanced hero quest that was all the Skaven? It's the no the advanced hero quest with the Skaven. I've got that, but I've also got Hero Quest Advanced, which was the Hero Quest box, but it had a little red corner thing that says oh, I know with that. X. I've seen it online. I've never seen the contents of the box. Have you not? Okay, no. I've I've got it in my house. 
I'll send you some photos. Just so you can have a look, because I have got, I was going through my attic the other day and I've got Hero Quest, I've got Advanced Hero Quest, yeah. I've got Space Crusade, oh, I've yes. got Advanced Space Crusade, I've got the Witch Lord, ex- oh did you get any of the expansions? My my friend had two of the expansions um, and we played it about, it was about four years ago, because when I was getting that he got the one off of... Um, off of his brother, yeah. Uh, so he got that one, um, which he had most of the figures already painted, because um, oh. his brother had done it. Uh, his brother being an artist, so um, oh, so, right, so okay, he, well, that's fair enough. So, so he'd done all that. Um, so he'd done a good job on them. Um, and uh, there was this one room in it, which was um, the the room that kept turning round, the rotating room. <laughs> I what remember that pain in the ass room that is. That was the was that the return of the witch lord or something like because there was two there was the against the ogre horde and there was the one about the witch lord yeah it's like a brown box one and a green box one wasn't it yeah one's got yeah. the barbarian sort of chained to the floor and there's yes. a, I think that's the witch lord in front of him up yeah. on the stand yeah absolutely his little yeah. his little kind of um, American model face skeletal yeah. <laughs> skeletal and pale. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) wearing big sunglasses at the same time. Mm. Um, But I remember there was flyers included in the Hero Quest box, which was "Welcome to the World of Games Workshop." Oh yes, that was your kind of. I'm you know I'm your mama. I'm your daddy. I'm Games Workshop in the alley. You know I'm your pusher. Yes. Oh, oh, definitely. (laughs) But I can admit. But then was did you get Space Crusade as well then, or did you stop at Hero Quest? At the time I got Space Crusade, I had a friend who had Space Hulk. Oh yeah, uh, the original one where the Terminators were um, were really kind of rounded. Yeah, they, they weren't looking anything like they look nowadays. Um, and they had the big aerials on the back. Really? Um, so, so that that was one of the first sets. That must have been what about ninety ninety five before then. Yeah. It's probably um, a good, it's probably a good point to jump in and say that um, we started a new section of the show called What Game Is The Mic On? And tonight, the mic is on a 2009 copy of Space Hulk. I know, and that's the one I've got. <laughs> it's lovely, isn't it? It's gorgeous, but there are no sort of floor tiles in that, that you see in any other game that are that sort of thick, embossed, gorgeous artwork. Uh, and, I was, and all I was, the figures as well. I was talking to somebody the other day about um, Space Hulk and the fact that you actually needed to lift the tiles using kind of the gloves you would normally reserve for lifting slabs in the garden because they were like so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I, I think I, I took it out the other day because I was letting my letting my son have a look at it, and we were just having a play, and it was like you know I was really really majorly majorly kind of house ruling the game. He's only four. So it's like, yeah. oh look, here comes the bad guys. Okay. Roll the dice and see what happens. I rolled yeah. a two. Oh you killed him, yay. And that <laughs> kind of thing. But you notice that the actual detail within the tiles, the tiles themselves are slightly embossed. So there's yes. slightly raised bits in the tiles themselves. Yeah, all, was... all the grates in that are all yeah. They're all oh. embossed at the right places. Oh yeah, it was yeah, it was just it's got you know, it's got embosses in all the right places basically. Yeah. And I what, really, really uh, liked it. Have you painted them yet? I, you know, um, when well, okay, I have an agreement with I have an agreement with uh, Reed Denton from mm-hmm. Cover Cover Intervention Games, 
to say that I will be painting some miniatures. But I haven't painted those because they're kind of... They're know intimidating. They're it's not massively that, intimidating. What, what? I don't know. It's like, do you know when... Do you know in Usual Suspects, mm-hmm. when Kevin when Kevin Spacey is in the police station and the police chief, you know, the police detective is saying to him, you know, you know, and he was saying like, oh, he was Kaiser Sose. And he goes, he says, why didn't you, you know, why didn't you do something about it? And he says, well, how do you shoot the devil in the back? What do you do if you miss? And it's that kind of thing. It's like, <laughs> I've got this yeah. <laughs> beautiful looking miniature. And it's like, what happens if I start to paint it? And what happens if I get halfway through and make an actual complete mess of it? Could I live with myself, really? So I think... Uh, I I know. I I started off on um, Shadows of Brimstone. Right. So that one, uh, and I started painting the miniatures of that and then painted them a bit more and, uh, and eventually got through it. And made tons and tons of mistakes, um, <laughs> but that's like just an endurance feat or something. Yeah, but but got got through it, and then kind of re- realised that no, you don't use inks like that. That's absolutely foolish. Um, <laughs> but um, but you know, lessons learned, and, and you kind of move on and get better. Um, so then I did um, Super Dungeon Explore. Uh, the, yeah, um, sorry, the Forgotten King one. Oh right, the Forgotten. Yeah, that yeah. was. Um, yeah, the, that's a. It's got a special place in my heart. I do. I really, really, really like the look of the game. I'm not too big fan of the mechanics of the game. I I love the look of the game, but the mechanics just seems a bit too. Like there isn't much meat in it. It's quite skirmishy. Somebody actually did say to me. They said that it reminded me of it was like a chibi kind of hero quest, basically. If if a Japanese art studio had done the art for games workshop at the time for Hero mm. Quest, that's how it would have kind of turned out, kind of like a samurai pizza cats kind of yeah. style. And it's, I mean, it is a beautiful looking little I, game, I, I, and it's I, a lot of fun. I, I love the minis, um, and and I've played the game probably probably twice, and I kind of I want to go back to it and try some of the other modes that are in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from, from from what I've taken from it so far, it seems like there's there's not even a campaign in it, is there? I think you just draw. It's almost like you draw your you draw your bad guys, you draw mm. your decks, you draw who you're going to be facing off with, and then you go in. It is meant to be. It was always meant to be played as kind of like a. Well, it was meant to be played like Gauntlet, wasn't it? I mean, it was yeah, a case These, these are the spawn in. points. Stop the spawn points and yeah, stop everything yeah. coming out. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, that was that was the whole premise. That was the whole premise behind it. But mm. are we missing a large gap because you don't just go from kind of um, hero oh, from from space? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. Um, yeah, so I um, yeah, I then went through uh, through art school and various other bits and pieces. Um, oh, right. So so yeah, so I was doing uh, illustration and stuff like that at college, um, but it was more sort of mixed media back then. Um, so you know, trying every single different type of painting, drawing, ink, photograph, sticking everything together, and and all stuff like that. Um, Do you have so a favourite medium then? Um, I, I paint digitally now. Um, and I, I like that because it's very forgiving. I'll, I'll explain why in a minute. <laughs> See, <laughs> but, I am very um, much, uh, I'm very much a pen, a pen and ink and pencils and um, 
um, what am I going to say, Karen Dash pencil kind of guy. So mm-hmm. um, I've tried digital and I end up looking like it doesn't, it does, I don't know, it's probably not enough practice, it, basically. It never, um, I don't think it ever translates very well if I start in digital. I, I'll always start drawing in a sketchbook. Oh, I'll, right, okay. I'll draw something with pen and paper first. Uh-huh. Um, and then I'll scan that in and then I'll go from there. So, but it's much quicker for me to get stuff from my brain to the to a sketch pad first without having to fight software to try and do it. Um, so, so were, were you were you playing all the time that you were at kind of um when you were doing your further education then or did you drop off at that point? Um I kind of dropped off at a set point. I was I was doing um also we were playing um oh, what was the Shadowrun Mm-hmm. and D&D and stuff like that. We were playing that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I kind of I got out of the gaming hobbies and um, got through college, uh, then went on to, um, to, to get a few jobs, um, which was more in um, websites and stuff like that. So then I, I'd even got out of art, as it yeah. were, okay. and drawing. So, so that was sort of left alone for a good, I suppose, 15, 18 years. Um, I didn't really bother, but all along, all along, um, as me and a few friends were, were playing stuff online. So we were playing um, Neverwinter, yeah, um, and Diablo and Warcraft mm-hmm. and Lord of the Rings Online, mm-hmm. um, which essentially was all of the same stuff that we've been playing in books and on the table, but yeah. online um, until about um, sort of uh, when was it? it? Must have been about five, six years ago. I started getting back into board gaming. Um, so then all the, the artwork and that had sort of been coming out before then, um, and me sort of starting to get back into that. Um, cause I did some work for, uh, do you remember the Acton Cthulhu Kickstarter that was on? Yeah. I did the, mm-hmm. uh, there was a cover for, um, oh, one of them, I can't remember what the name of it now was, um. Terrors of the Secret War or something like that. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and, and several illustrations in that one. So I was doing some for um, yeah for Chris Birch um, for that. Um, and then did some terrain stuff for a, a few other games. Um, and I think it's my mother-in-law that said, well, that's great, you're making all this stuff for other people, but why don't you just make your own? <laughs> <laughs> so I can blame her that I, I'm now so here three years later. Like- yeah, a mother-in-law type nag, but a good one. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think she's she's ever really forgiven herself for saying that. Is yours was yours the one that's got like the the multi tentacled beast with the horns at the side of its head, semi kind of um, xenomorph? Is that yours? Yeah, that's the one. You got the little guys in the forest down the bottom. Yeah, they're looking absolutely terrified. Yeah, they're, they're trying. Bless them. You could tell them from that. And this guy's got like a big, huge arm. This is making great podcasting because it's like I keep doing this. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> tell them about the visual stuff they can't see. Exactly. I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put this to the webcam, which doesn't work and hasn't since the beginning. But it's it's still a very, very good in joke, and I'm keeping it. So. Um, <laughs> so he's got a big tentacle coming out of his mouth. And he's got claws, and in his other hand, he's got a donut. It looks like a pink one, 
um, with a bit of frosted <laughs> sugar on it. Um, so actually, what he's doing, he's not trying to terrify them. He's actually actually just trying to offer them a peace donut, saying, "Yes, I am a potential agent of evil." However, I am interested in offering you a sugary snack, and these people are just taking them in the completely wrong way. So it's it's just a Cthulhu feeder. <laughs> yes, he's just wanting them to get really fat. Do you yeah. want another donut? What you don't say is <laughs> what you don't say is the donut in the picture is actually seven and a half feet across. So you'd probably die if you did end up eating it anyway. Exactly. And then you get then you get your soul otherwise. What was the um, what was nonsense? I told you tangents. You know. Um, uh-huh. What was the kind of the first kind of board games that kind of piqued your interest? I mean, you obviously that's interesting that you kind of stayed in the hobby, but you were in the kind of in the background, kind of helping produce stuff for people. Was what was the kind of the first kind of games that really kind of went? Oh, this is yeah, I like this. I'm going to make this a hobby, kind of thing. Um, I got um, what was it? Descent, uh, Hero Quest, Space Hulk. Um, uh, and that that in itself was um, was kind of enough to draw me back in. Mm-hmm. Um, but dungeon crawlers have just been an absolute passion, you know, from playing Hero Quest all the way through to um, you know Diablo and stuff like that. It's just it's one theme that I absolutely love, um, and would just chew my right arm off to work on. That's that's what I wanted to do. That's part of the, the reason I got into or back into illustration was because that that was it that was the dream job that I wanted to do but that one just wasn't coming along so um so I decided to make it myself so what are you doing just i mean you don't have to say what your job job is are you involved in design and illustration just now or are you doing something completely different uh i freelance so i'm um um yeah so i i do several things throughout a week oh. so it could be website stuff it could be user interface stuff uh-huh. um then there's the illustration and design stuff as well so 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 day to day it's it's quite varied so are you behind a being i mean let's um so i mean you said yourself this is the idea that you you sat down you decided well you were going to go ahead with um kind of ravage mm-hmm. but interestingly enough the game doesn't revolve around being the hero no, uh, that's, that's not the typical kind of. So we, I mean, how? Do you, okay, what what made you? De- I mean, you said you mentioned your your mother in law. Did she push you towards making the game yourself, or is that she, she, I don't know. She she literally made that one comment of you know it's great that you've, <laughs> you've managed to you know get this job doing artwork for these people, but yeah, surely you you could possibly do a bit better if you make your own. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like I'm not. I'm not saying you better be looking after my daughter. That, but... that's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. So you, um, so you, you decided. I mean, so what, what, what did you sit down and say, dungeon crawler, and then go through several ideas of pages of heroes, and then went, Do you know what, scramble them all up. And then look at it from the other side. I mean, how did that kind of come about? It was kind of sort of threefold. I mean, when I started, it it was going to be, um, it was going to be the typical heroes. Um, And then a friend of mine, Tone, was saying, "Well, okay, when you play Warcraft, who do you play?" To which my response is always, "Well, Horde. Who else would you play?" 
Yeah. Um, so I was like, okay, well, there isn't really anything out there that has, you know, you running around as orcs. Or, or being the bad guys throughout the dungeon. So, you know, maybe it's good to kind of turn it on his head. And uh, and I quite relish drawing the uh, the bad guys anyway, so it tends to be my, my favourite thing to draw. Is skeletons and, and orcs and, uh, and various other sort of demons and stuff. Now, when they're attacking people, do they all hold donuts or is it various other types of pastry that they will attack with? Only at snack times. Designated. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, would you get would you get a skeleton going after somebody with maybe like say um, a French cream bun or something? I mean, would you would you bring scones into the game at all? I mean, uh, no scones because you, you have the whole question then of the cream on the bottom or jam on the bottom. Well, I mean, surely as the designer you would decide that, or would you? <laughs> or what you could do is you could obviously make the card kind of have the same information at the top as the bottom but have it reversed and then let people decide depending on which way they had the you know if you like your cream at the top that's fine if you want your cream at the bottom you just flip the card 180 degrees and then you've got the cream at the bottom but you can still see all the flavour text oh that's a whole debate in itself (laughs) it's just too much I I think general dungeon crawling uh, patisseries um, that's something that I think potentially could be considered as a game idea it's very niche. I like it. <laughs> I've just like see what I've done this before, but see if you turn up in two years with your latest Kickstarter mm-hmm. called Dungeon Patisserie. <laughs> <laughs> and it does like four and a half million pounds on Kickstarter. We'll be uh, having we'll be having words, Schofield. I'm not joking. Uh, I'm sure we will. <laughs> saying where's my cat <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be like referring you to yeah and if you listen to about half an hour into the episode um, you'll hear me quite clearly giving the idea for dungeon patisserie you heard it here folks <laughs> but I mean was it I mean in terms of the the kind of the idea um playing as the bad guys I mean was it did it as soon as you started kind of mucking around with it did it click kind of straight straight away for you and you thought well this was this was definitely the kind of the way forward for it well, I knew that if you were going to be the bad guys, I wanted to change the some of the mechanics around. So it, it couldn't just be about getting treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, there's um, so so you're running around the dungeon and you are um, smashing in the faces of your enemies. And what you do is, if you defeat one of those enemies, they have a um, a teeth icon in the bottom corner, which tells you how many teeth they're worth. All right, cool, okay. Right, so so that that's essentially the currency in the game. Um, so the monsters are worth a set amount of teeth. Um, once you get a set amount of teeth, uh, that moves up on the teeth tracker, and um, you can then buy goods from the sneaky goblin. That sounds awesome. Which which is great. So I mean, he's got things like um, was it dwarven toes, which okay. are kind of like rabbits, rabbits feet for orcs. Oh um, wow! Okay. <laughs> so, um, and then you have got um, things like poison trap kits, and um, there's lots and lots of traps in that deck for you to use against other people. So you know he's selling lots of lots of toys and uh, and items and potions and bits and pieces for you to buy. So um, is it a ca- is it a campaign based dungeon or is the dungeon kind of like random? How does that? How does the the dungeon building? begin because one of the things I find not tiresome about dungeon crawlers but 
once you've played one or two campaigns of a campaign, mm-hmm. you know, levels of a campaign, um, it can be difficult to want to go back again unless you're playing with an entirely kind of different kind of group of people. So how does the how does it work for yourselves? Um, well, the dungeon is actually a deck of cards. Oh. So, um, so it's completely random every time you play it. Um, so you've got uh, each card has, um, and I'll talk about this like you can see it. And I apologise for those people listening. Um, <laughs> you'll just have to imagine this, or, um, or have a look just, at the Kickstarter page. You'll you'll see what yeah, I mean. Exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and there'll be links in the show notes, so we have notes to show. So, guys, if you're listening to this, mm-hmm. why why are you even listening to us? Get on the Kickstarter mm-hmm. campaign. What are you thinking about? But um, but each card has got um, imagine a grid. So it's a two by three grid on on each card, which yeah. is essentially your your dungeon tiles as they were. So each one looks different, and they're not you know uniformly boring like that. They are they are quite nicely sort of done um, and different every time. So you get dead ends and lots of various things going on in there as well. Um, but there's little white triangles, and as long as two little white triangles match up from one card to another then that's an area that you can kind of pass through onto the next card. So, Right, so are the cards just normal card thickness then? Uh, yes. Right, they okay. are, um, th- what was it, 320 GSM, I think it was, which is, oh, um, okay. which is it's a really thick card. It's, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah. not yeah. a cheap card. No, um, <laughs> okay. So, uh, so yeah, so, so the quality of them is really quite high anyway. So, so they're good for putting down and doing all of that. But there's lots of things in the dungeon, like you'd get um, so energy shrines, healing fountains, um, there's like spiders' nests in there, which you put these little tokens on. Um, they kind of work like, um, I want to say the Gene Stealer tokens in Space Hulk. So, so you get, <clears throat> um, basically you put all the tokens together all um, face up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of them have spiders in, some of them have sort of broken eggs, so you don't know what you're going to get. So each time one of these tiles comes out with a spider's nest, you just put a token on it. Yeah. And on the next go, the monster's sort of phase in it, um, the yeah. bloodshed phase, uh, one of those will kind of hatch. So you don't know whether you're going to get your monster that you would have pulled and yeah. one of those or whether you're, you're going to be okay. Um, so so that's on there. Um, and then you get these resurrection um, spots as well. Uh, on the map, so some games always force you to be starting from the beginning if you die. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I really wanted, um, if the dungeon had kind of expanded out and expanded out, yeah, you might have several spawn points, as it were, where you could come back somewhere else. But, so that uh, that's the kind of the that's the um, dungeon crawler and video gamer guy speaking there, isn't it? Because there is nothing worse than starting an entire level from the very very beginning again. That's very very true. Yeah. So yeah, so there are there are pulls off sort of video games and uh, and pulls off of sort of board games as well in terms of how I kind of wanted it to work. Mm-hmm. But um, did you put everything together yourself? I mean, was it a, a purely a one man effort? Were you constantly kind of getting feedback from other people on how it should work? I mean, how did that? How did that yeah. come together? Yeah, um, it was a case of kind of build it. In just, um, I bought some like white cards off Amazon. Just started drawing them out quickly, and sort of trying to play in it myself, and then getting some friends around and playing with them, kind of working out what worked and what didn't, what to throw out, what to try. Um, you know, sort of go through it again and again. And it it really is a case of rinse and repeat. 
once once you once you start and then sort of hashing out other ideas but through several playtests i mean i've been at the the uk games expo for the last two years yeah okay uh in the playtest area so getting feedback there uh feedback from the modifius uh runs sort of game nights so they they were getting feedback there um and uh and various other sort of playtest groups and that they've managed to to go along to and get people people playing um but it's kind of got better and better as the years have gone on which is good um but there were so many ideas that sort of got thrown at it and it's it's a case of put some in take some out and then try and work out what keeps the game good without it being too complex yeah, I mean, is it difficult? Some, I mean, I take it you've got to have a pride at the door, pride gets left at the door kind of mindset because I guess it must be quite difficult to remove a mechanic if you're thinking it's working and people are just coming back and saying, listen, you need to trim this down or take this out. Um, has the game changed? Has the cha- game kind of changed quite um, dramatically from the first kind of idea that you had then? Uh, yes, quite a lot. One, one of the main things was the um, the levelling up that, that's in the game, so um, how do I explain it for radio? Um, okay, uh, you have a... <laughs> do, it, do, it, <laughs> do, it through the, do it through the art of mime. Do it in the form of dance. Um. Do it in the form, that'd be brilliant. <laughs> we just have like five and a half minutes of this. You get little little tapping sounds. Yeah, that would um. be so funny. And we just and if we were serious, we would actually I would just we would just include that in the entire bit for five minutes and just let it see. Um So what you have is a, a character board. So each character has um there's like five five spaces on there which is their um skills or sort of ability cards yeah yeah um so um each one of those costs a set amount of energy to use okay okay so energy is rolled on the um attack and defense dice right so uh so it's basically a blank side on the dice um so so you roll energy so if you didn't hit something then you rolled an energy um so you can gain energy to make attacks, make like special attacks, and okay. you're kind of accumulating your dice rolls. So, so, say your character has normally he would have two blue dice as his standard attack, mm-hmm. and you decided to use. Hang on, let me have a look through here. Oh. Um, yeah, so uh, for example, you have to be pirouetting while you're doing this. I hope you're doing this at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So the the shaman has um, a crude carving he can use. Okay. Okay. So if I want to use that, it costs me one energy to use that card, but it gives me another blue dice. So you're effectively, you know, pulling the amount of dice that you get normally. You're adding more to it to make your uh-huh. attacks bigger and better. Oh, cool. Right, as you go through it. So um, once you use energy, your experience goes up. So if something costs you two two XP, yeah. then sorry, two energy, then your energy tracker goes down and your XP goes up two points. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay. So it's 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 a one for one kind of trade off, um, which is good. So once you get up to four um, experience points. You can then level up one of your five cards, um, mm-hmm. and you do that by just literally flipping it over. Um, and then there's um, so the crude carving has a bludgeoning blow on the back. 
So you may have hit an artery, roll the trap dice. Uh, if it's a trap, then you add plus one to your attack. Okay. On, on normal attacks, so it kind of improves the cards that you've got in front of you. So, um, so one of them has, um, yes, yeah, so it's the shaman has a, a raven, so you can transform into a raven normally and travel up to like eight squares. But if you decided to level that card up, yeah. you could then transform into a feral bear. And obviously do massive amounts of damage. So it really is a question of who are you playing with and how do you want to level your character? Well, I mean, if you're playing with, like, say, Andy Lewis or Steve Tudor or John Cage from Polyhedron Collider, they went... It, it's bears they all the way. lost their mind <laughs> when they said you could basically turn into a bear. Because, you know, I mean... I mean, they are one of the other... I believe they're one of the other board gaming podcasts that exists, apart from um, Meeple's Anonymous, and there's. I'm going to give a big list, otherwise I'm going to get in trouble, but... Um, I think that was the thing that kind of piqued my interest and kind of went, yeah, let's, you know, I am really, really interested in speaking to your good self because when when Andy, Andy and Steve went, there's bears in it, you could turn into a bear. I was like, so, sold. <laughs> I think, um, it was a- Andy was the, um, no, Andy yeah. was the cultist, wasn't he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, so he had, um, he had Summon Undead on his. Yeah. Um, so instead of leveling up, what this other character does, uh, the cultist, um, he can summon an undead character. So, so there's like a deck of um, summon undead cards. Um, so you can summon a skeleton to run around the board with you. See, that's just the kind of thing that you want, isn't it? Yeah. You know, it's like you want to be. If you're going to be a bad guy, you want to be a bad guy doing it right. You're just basically mm-hmm. saying to people, "Look, here's your chance to be a bad guy." This is how you're going to do things. But the bear thing, when you change into a bear, yep. do you get, have you, is there artwork for the bear? Do you there is. have, is there a little standee that you turn into when you become the bear? No, there isn't. It's not quite Brave Star. Brave Star. Was it? Eyes of the, I don't know. Eyes of the, the hawk. Speed, of the, speed of the walrus. Eyes of the snail. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Speed of the Chihuahua. Um, what is it? So, speed of the Puma, wasn't it? Strength of the Bear. Um, Eyes of the Hawk. That's it. That's the other one. Ears of the Goldfish. Um, no, I don't, don't think that I, was there. No, I, there's a whole series don't of you, you, You'll get me tangenting into, into Manimal scene. Right, okay, 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 okay. <laughs> are you doing Are you doing a little standee with the bear on it? No, because the character actually transforms into the bear. So, so it just remains as the shaman. Could you not take him off and then replace it with a bear? <laughs> you just want more bears in the game. That's oh, what it just, is. This has to be bears. Um, <laughs> you know, it's just you know, just have an entire bear thing. But um, it is a feral bear, so it, it, tra- it um, at the end of the turn after it's done the damage, he oh. tries to transform back under control. Oh. And if he doesn't manage it, then he lashes out at, at any other people standing around him. Well, that's because he's a bad bear, isn't he? I mean, it's not <clears> Winnie <throat> the Pooh. It's not Winnie the Pooh here, is it? Exactly. <laughs> there's no hundred-acre wood. <laughs> I know. <laughs> thank you, thank you, rabbit. I must have. <laughs> I'm just about to attack that skeleton piglet. <laughs> you never can tell with bees. 
Um, you can tell I got four year old. It's all classics. Oh, you gotta do that. You know what I mean? You know, you just well, imagine Winnie the Pooh looking down the toilet. Oh no! What was it? Why is it? Why is Tigger looking down the toilet? He was oh, looking for poo. <laughs> I can edit that so it sounds brilliant. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh, you could just imagine that, you know. It's just it would be so funny if you did have he transforms into a Winnie the Pooh variant until Disney obviously gets in contact with you. Which is, I'm can, can you do a Kickstarter exclusive? Oh, get away with it? I think that would be brilliant, wouldn't it? You could just imagine him going, you know, you know, it's saying to the other orcs, I think at this point if you could say Tut Tut, it looks like rain <laughs> 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 oh, just to see. Oh, that just you know. Obviously, I do a tigger as well, but I'm not going to bother because I'm too hot. Because <laughs> I am in the smallest room in the house, and it's far, far too, far too hot. So, um, basically, the term, the term of yeah. Do you use the? Do you have set set kind of movement you can have? Is it a movement based on dice? I mean, how does that work? Uh, movement is literally every character gets um, four spaces. That they can move, which is for tiles. Cool. Um, and uh, you can move diagonally. Um, the, the main difference between the heroes and the monsters is the the heroes get to perform two actions, and they can be any two actions that they're allowed. Mm-hmm. So they can move twice or attack twice, whereas okay. monsters would only get to move and attack. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Two of the same. Um, so so there's that. But on your go, you can perform two actions so you can move attack you can search for plunder uh-huh. you can take a token so that might be that you're standing next to an energy shrine or um, a health fountain or something like that and you want to pick up that uh-huh. that amount uh, and you can perform something called a blood tribute which is where you lose one life to gain two energy okay um so that, that's sort of what you can do in your go um so, so those are the main main pieces. But you you start by delving, so you draw a delve card. Okay. So you kind of expand the map out. Then you seek glory, so you pull one of the, the other cards, which is either going to be a trap, a monster. Uh, if you're really lucky, it might be something like a cure poison or a, or a healing potion. But that's kind of what goes on the card um, at that point. And then you get to ravage, which is your, your go, your two actions. Oh, cool, okay. Um and then you get onto the bloodshed phase, which is um, where the monsters then start coming after you. So, so any monsters you pull during the game yeah. sit in front of you. Um, you have your own sort of monster track. So all those monsters have your scent and are just coming after you. Yeah. Ah, right. Okay. So this is in, in, instead of the kind of the player with initiative always gets kind of attack kind of thing. It's a case of <laughs> yeah, rather the, than the nearest player. It's yeah, yeah. It's more you know. You're expanding the dungeon near your character, so it's your fault that you expanded that bit. They're coming after you. Ah, oh, right, okay. Yeah. Um, so so that that works quite nicely, but there are other elements to that, such as, um, say, for example, you shot one of my monsters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if you hit it, you aggro it. So it then moves to your monster track, and then it's coming after you. So you might get somebody in the party that is just being overwhelmed with monsters. Because he's just going about hitting everything? Yeah. Or he's been really, really unlucky with the cards. Or, um, you know, there could be a multitude of things. I mean, that's that's one of the the really quite random things about the game is that it's never going to play the same twice. 
because they everything is cards. Are you encouraged um, to play together then? Is it fully cooperative, or do you get the ability to kind of be an um, orc and kind of do one over on your mates? Uh, well, you, there are several modes in it. So you've got um, there is the solo mode, mm-hmm. um, which is you against the dungeon, and you basically place the uh, the dungeon boss card in the deck, uh, ten cards down, and you've got to survive to the boss and defeat the boss. So that's the solo mode. And what kind of is, boss? What kind of boss are you looking at then? What kind of... uh, bosses, you've got. Uh, there's a, a cave serpent, um, awesome. spider queen, hell mm-hmm. demon. Um, and then there's the there's the warlock, and then there's one that's yet to be chosen by the Kickstarter backers. Ah, right. Okay. So there's a is that, is that a stretch goal then to be no able no no to... that that that's just part of the campaign. Oh, okay. Is, um, because because I've got I had five bosses I'd allocated for five. Yeah. Um, and one of them I, I wanted the backers to kind of pick. We would do a poll at the end. So we're just trying to get people's comments in the thread going as to, you know, what kind of boss do you want? Do you want a, some kind of night hag or do you want, a, you know, some kind of Medusa or Cerebus or, or something like that? Just trying to get a feel for what people kind of want and then we'll poll it near at the end uh-huh. and work out what that's going to be and then sort of put the quest and that in as well to go with it. That sounds pretty cool. But, um, but bo- bosses work a little bit differently to monsters because um, they've got... Um, a little set of AI cards that go with them. So each turn you pull from that deck and they'll do something different. So the um, the Cave Serpent, for example, um, breathes fire. So it sets fire to any spots with any monsters or, or heroes on it. Okay. Um, and that the fire kind of stays in the dungeon, so you have to kind of avoid all of the fire that's laid on the floor, and you've got to get off the fire to not take any more damage, but avoid going through it at a later point. So, I mean, this sounds like there's been a lot of work to put everything together, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's been, you've, you said you've added, obviously, another mode for the new for the new. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, well, that was just solo mode. So then you've got uh, co-op, which is where um, four of you can play. Well, four characters can play. And then mm. there's also the, the evil overlord um, as well. So you can do it a one versus many. Oh, right, where you okay. can just automate it and, and not have the evil overlord. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I've got to say, the evil overlord adding that person in um, really does make the game quite a bit harder. Because um, because a real person running it doesn't run it as friendly as you might. <laughs> if you're kind of running it yourself, you might go, "Oh well, let's not let's not walk through that square because um, yeah, yeah. no, if I if I go round that, then he won't hit me this turn." And and having watched loads of people play it, you kind of see him doing that. They kind of they 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 idle it lightly a little bit as they go round, just a little bit gentler on themselves because you obviously though you don't. I can't imagine anybody yeah. that gets two turns into a game and make sure they try and kill themselves unless they're. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, but yeah yeah but playing with the evil overlord and oh. you'll see the people will be more inclined to go I don't need to go past the fire I've got a range monster I'll just stand here and just pick you off at a distance <laughs> you know and you get those kind of elements to it which which is really quite fun but that's what it's all about <laughs> um, so, so the co-op with or without the the evil um, evil overlord mm. is there uh, so there's 
Uh, eight quests were in the book, um, but we unlocked two more through social stretch goals, so it's now going to be ten. That's pretty good. And uh, there's uh, beer gas. Uh, what was it? Blood gas beer belch's um, famous brew is uh, one of the latest quests that's gone in it. Um, and there's also a treachery mode, which is the versus mode. Yeah, how does so, that? Is that just you? You're pretty much against. Is every man for themselves then? That plays a little bit differently because everybody's playing themselves, and they're also playing an evil overlord. They're playing both. All right. Okay. So any monsters that you pull are sitting in your monster track, but you're uh-huh. using those against the other players. Ah, right, okay, so it's almost like this is the group that you've gathered together in order to help you take out everybody else. It's it's more you're trying to kill each other. Yeah. Um to gain a promote to gain promotions to become the war chief. Oh, cool. So you go from peon up to uh up to war chief is the uh is the rankings. Um but you get a lot more health. Um and it works differently in the sense that when you would usually delve, any cards that you pull, you put next to a hero that you kind of ex- want to expand around because you want to put monsters over by them. Yeah. And not you. So uh, so you place it over by their character and then you pull out the uh, the Seek Glory. So that monster is going to go over there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or if it's a trap, then you just kind of look around the dungeon and go, oh, which one's looking the, the most beaten up? And if I manage <laughs> to get this good, then that guy dies and I get another promotion. Um, you know, but, it, but it's that backstabbing mechanic that, um, that's quite funny because I, I play in a group that's uh, mostly co-op. We love co-op games. Um, and sometimes when buying a game, I won't buy a game if it's a one versus many. Yeah. Because it's not not initially for my, for my group that, that, I, that I like playing with. Um, yeah. And then having played with, um, you know, sort of friends who've got their gaming groups, and I sat there one night, and they'd been gaming for like 20 years, um, you know, the same group. And the tit for tat on the, uh, the backstabbing mechanics was brutal. You just see them just kind of laughing at each other, going, "Well, you could be having that one, and you're going to be having that one. <laughs> um, well, you could take that." <laughs> and and you know, I'm sort of sitting there, quite shocked that you know they were enjoying it so much. And um, but it sometimes that backstab mechanic, people just love it, and it it really is group specific. It really does depend on your group. Um, yeah, well, people like the co-op side of things because I mean, you playing. Descent, you said you'll be aware of. There's the Descent companion app now. There which, is, yes. Which basically, you know, that's what that does. That means, you know, Descent itself is the the not the issue, but the the, the issue I've seen with Descent is is you can't play it with two players. It just becomes it's me it's versus a, you. Yeah, it's yeah. a kind of a war of attrition. So the kind of the descent app, when I saw it, I went, "Oh, this could be cool," because it allows mm. you to actually solo the game, but at the same time, it allows it. It turns it into almost like a three-player game because you've got yourself with whoever you're standing alongside, tackling things, and then the kind of the evil o- overlord guy, the dungeon master, or whatever you want to call him, yep. is the phone app, which I thought was quite. Which I thought was quite quite cool. I think you get it changes the dynamic of the game because I think um, in some cases I've seen it in Imperial Assault. I've seen it in Descent. Sometimes 
sometimes if the overlord gets the upper hand very quickly, it can make it you sometimes they have to house rule it and almost scale back the attacks because it's all very well you winning because you want the other players to enjoy it as opposed exactly. to absolutely slaughtered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'd be you know I've not tried the descent app. I'd be interested. I'd be interested to see actually how viciously it plays. If it plays like a if it plays like a vicious AI or if it is actually quite it's kind of kind of kind of gentle. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this sounds like. So it doesn't sound like your normal kind of dungeon crawler at all. I mean, there sounds like there's. It sounds like this is well thought out, and there's a lot of mechanics that you look like you've seriously avoided going down the normal kind of dungeon, kind of the dungeon crawler route. And as we said earlier, you this was the second time that you kind of launched the kind of the, the Kickstarter. Yep. You mentioned obviously it was um, shipping things. Again, you said um, also review reviews as well. Yeah, I didn't have um, I didn't have any reviews at the time as well. Okay. So uh, schoolboy error on my part, I think. Do you? I mean, it's that is it's that important now, isn't it? I mean, I don't oh, it's, think. It's, yeah, it's, it's hugely important. Um, yeah, without a doubt. But um, but yeah, but it, it's been three years of um, of kind of working out the mechanics. Um, Drawing it all, designing it all, um, kind of, kind of doing all of it, really. Um, but yeah, it's been fun. Has been, has been a lot of fun. Has been, has been the dream project. Has it, um, has it given you? I mean, has it given you the confidence to look at other kind of genres, look at other type of games that you might want to tackle? I mean, is there, is there something completely? I mean, is there a worker placement? dungeon game within you is there a you know do you have have you thought well oh my goodness it took a long time to put this together this is the one and only game i'm doing (laughs) or 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 have you thought well actually i've already it's given me ideas to maybe make two or three kind of different games instead this one has been if i had thought it through better i probably would have made smaller games to begin with Mm mm-hmm you know, get a few of those going and then do this one. Hmm. But this one was, was a lot bigger. Um, hence it took me three years. Um, but, um, but I'm okay with that because for me, it's kind of a, it's kind of a framework for the start of something. Cause I, I want to expand it and yeah. extend it a bit more. So, I mean, this is all orcs running around the dungeons, yeah. you know, and I'd love nothing more than to do, um, you know, a sort of tribe of gnolls or kobolds. Um, that you can get Ooh. to run around with that—that that would be great. Um, and so this is ex- expansionville, basically. I mean, you could go down a lot. It, of it could routes. it could be extended in so many ways. You you could release um, you know packs of different terrain with yeah. with campaigns uh-huh. um, to go with that, and you could then literally shift it over from one to the other. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the options for expansion are kind of limitless, really. Um, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that. I'm looking to get stuck into that. Um, but yes, I do have other game ideas, but um, but I kind of shelved all of them. There's a few people out there will work on several games at once. Yeah. Um, I got so far along with this, was sort of tinkering with a couple of others, and then just said, no, no, I've got to leave those alone and just concentrate on Ravage. That's that's where I'm going. Was it um. Was it 
a difficult to get back on the horse? Was there a part of you when the first Kickstarter um, kind of didn't work out? Was was it always an intention just to come back and redo it again? Was there a part of you that thought, well, this maybe isn't, you know, going to um, It's it, it was a little bit of a knock, but it's difficult. I mean, Kickstarter is, is so different now. I mean, if I'd done this Kickstarter... 10 years ago well not sorry not 10 years ago it wasn't around 10 years ago um you know if i'd done this kickstarter about no, yeah three three years ago yeah it, it, i think it would have been very very different um but kickstarter itself has changed so much you get the likes of um you know cool mini are not using it and um you know such huge companies using it now that um it makes it more difficult for the smaller smaller guys to try and to try and make it but then on the other side, it looks very, very close that you are whiskers away from making yeah, but I haven't checked since we started doing the, uh, doing the podcast. <laughs> what are we on? Are we... <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. I tried no. to focus. I have left the, left the browser window have shut. I tried to focus. actually left the browser window shut? You are now, um, you are now £82 away from funding. Oh, sweet Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Almost there. Is that that is that is that's exciting? That's exciting. This is like telling you you're gonna, you know, uh, yeah, you've just won a car. <laughs> don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> I know that would be that. Just don't okay. ask me to remember the seven things on the conveyor belt because I won't remember one of them. <laughs> oh dear, no, no, um. <clears throat> No, I mean, I guess if you've got the expansions, if you've got the expansions planned out, you know, this... Yeah, I mean, the standees, minis thing, you're always going to get that kind of coming up. And it looks like... It's it's difficult. I think it's a bit divided because you've got some people that that love minis, and I love minis. Um, I think they're great. And, And given a limitless budget, I would have thrown minis at it. But I don't have a limited, um, a limitless budget, um, <clears throat> and also it's it's the first game that I've done, so I didn't want to overextend myself too much. Um, no. But I, I see that as something that might get added to it. Um, did you see the Kickstarter Vast? He I, did a. I didn't. He did. Did he not do an exp- it, expansion? There's um. Yes, there's he he did the first one. Was standees, and then he brought it back for a, a reprint um, on Kickstarter. But this time around, you had the option of a, a separate box of minis. I think so. Um, you, so you could add it to the campaign or not. It was up to you, or you could just buy it if you'd already bought the game. So he hadn't alienated any of his backers in any way, no. because people that had already bought the game could just buy the minis to go with it, and people that were buying the game brand new could just buy both. I think Farsight as well. Um, that's currently running. That's um, Lewis Shaw's yeah. um, baby. That's um, is that that's with or without? You've got a choice. You can either you can back you can either go in and you can back it um, with minis or you can back it without minis, um, mm-hmm. which is interesting. I think I think one of the reasons the mini question kind of came up is because one of the other guys that went for standees was Monsieur Frank West. With City uh, of Kings. City of Kings, yeah. Yeah. And he was in the same line as you as in the fact that the artwork on your game 
and the artwork on City of Kings is both fantastic. Mm-hmm. And somehow I would have... See, I don't mind minis or standees. I've seen absolutely stunning minis. But also, I like your artwork. So I like the kind of the standee approach because you get to see more of your artwork kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is as well, is if you're moving from kind of artwork to minis, your minis have to be really, really, really good nowadays yeah. in order to somebody kind of not kind of looking at them and going, mm, I could probably do better myself with some Play-Doh and some harsh language kind of thing. So Yeah, it's difficult. It's well, especially yeah. I mean, especially when you see, I mean, um, when you see what came out of like the dark Dark Souls board game, what was getting delivered with that, and even was was that good? Because I know you were playing it with the um, Polyhedron Collider guys. Yeah, we're gonna. Well, they were they were playing it. The Andy and Steve, I think, have played it. Um, mm-hmm. They said they really, really enjoyed it. They were actually. I, I couldn't get near it at the UK Games Expo last year. They were demoing it. And I kind of had my head sort of bobbing up at the back behind the crowd going, I can't see. Where is it? I'll say one thing about it. and I mean, we are going to try and get people together to have a chat about it, but it is very, very Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. And they've done a good job in making it Dark Souls. Um, I've read reviews about it, and I'm kind of thinking some people that have kind of, the way they've approached the review, and I've wondered, maybe you should have spent a lot more time kind of really, really playing through it. Um, I've read other reviews that said this is the Dark Souls board game, so this is what you expect. But the mini, I mean, the minis are very, very good. Simon uh, as well, obviously, cool mini or not, they always bring out the minis as well. So I think unless your mini game's really, really strong, you better make sure your mechanics are like kind of really, really down pat. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah. you can't. I think it's. I think people are expecting their cake and eating it. I don't mm-hmm. think that having really, really good minis is just enough to kind of sell a game I think with as you know as you know yourself having you know people want reviews on kickstarters they want printable they want downloadable rule books they want um they want to see playthroughs they want to see you know they want a lot a lot more interactivity they want their board game geek I mean you you're on um, is it tabletopia you've put no no I'm on um tabletop simulator is it Mm. I, I tried I always... Tabletopia the other night and to I design see. for. Oh, it's hellish! <laughs> you saw that update? I did. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you were. <laughs> like it was losing. If there was a losing, losing the will to live button on Facebook, I think you would have pressed it. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <laughs> but um, but yeah, no, I wasn't having much fun with that. But no, there are two modes um, to play on Tabletop Simulator, so you can play the solo mode. Uh-huh. Um, and you can also play the the co-op mode for the Serpent's Pit quest. Um, All right, okay, okay. There. So, but um, but no, it, Tabletop Simulator has been fantastic because you can get people to play it all across the world, really, um, and play it with other people, play test it, um, get feedback, and it's just such a good prototyping tool um, to use. Um, brilliant. And is that that's made it easier for you to kind of demonstrate the game to? Particular reviewers and stuff like that as well, then, yeah? Yeah, because I played with the Polyhedron Collider guys. You did, on yeah. Tabletop yeah. Sim. Yeah. Um, yeah, they had, as I say, they had a lot of good things. They had a lot of good things to say, you know, so which is all which is all good. I mean, we have talked about it, but 
if we want to find out about the game, we'll obviously we'll put the Kickstarter links in the show notes, as I say always, so we have notes to show. Hmm. But um, where do you, you know, if people have listened tonight, where where can they find you on the internet, interweb nets, Mister uh, Scofield? You can find me. Uh, I'm on the on the Facebook. Um, so yeah, either look for Ian Schofield or um, Beardy Brothers. Okay. Uh, and you can find me. Are you on uh, Twitter, Instagram, I'm on, please? Oh, I'm on uh, Instagram. Just look for Ian Schofield. Okay. Um, so you should find me. It's probably a picture of some kind of Viking looking at you. That's me. Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, and I'm also on Twitter. So again, same picture, um, but that will be Scofy four hundred four. Which, okay. for those of you uh, technically minded, you'll understand that that's page not found. And have um, you have you got a Twitter account for the game as well? Uh, there, there, there is, but I don't tend to use it that much. It tends All to right, be okay. uh, my personal one because uh, I found trying to maintain the two is just awkward. So I, I tend to just go, sorry, I'll, just, you, I'll run it from this one. <laughs> you, you end up tweeting wrong things to the wrong counts and stuff like that, and it just, like, you know, yeah. goes completely wrong. You know what I mean? Just in case. No, I mean, um, I orcs, um, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> <Kind of Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, did, uh, did you see the Bears game? Um. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um <laughs> Um, no, as I say, what we'll do is we will make sure that all of the information and all of the notes are in the show notes so that we have notes to show and that people can kind of catch up and, and find it. Um, this has been a lot of fun. Um, thank you very, very, very much for coming on, Mr. Scott. You're very welcome, Richard. Thanks for having me on. No, um, there's obviously there's a couple of things that we have to do. And the first thing is to remember that um, that we are many things. Oh, hang on, hang on. What? You, you know I'm waiting for the Dobby episode. What's that? Well, you know, Dobby out of Harry Potter. Oh, well, well, when Harry Potter comes on your show, I'm waiting for you to finally <laughs> say, you may not, not be a wizard, uh, but Harry, you're a wizard, Harry. No, don't even. Come on. I've done, we've done the wizard episode. Have you? Yes. I've missed it. Which one's that? I'm going to have to That's go back the, and listen to the it. Brian Wade one. Right. I'm going to go check that out after the show. And yeah, there's an entire episode which is because of something that Nick Jones said and something that I said about Dan Frost that I ended up going and doing a show with Brian Wade and I spent it doing an, a wizard voice for the entire episode. So it's already <laughs> been done. Oh, I missed it. I'm going to have to go back and get it. It's about three episodes, or two or three, it's probably about five episodes ago now because I just keep putting out too many episodes. Um, <laughs> but, again, Mr. Schofield, you have to remember that we are many things, but we're not wizards. Are we wizards, Ian? No, we're orcs. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's what we want to hear. <laughs> so um, 21 days to, it'll be 21 days to go pretty much on the cusp of being funded touch wood um, best of luck with the rest of the campaign Ian, it looks, the game looks the artwork looks stunning 
The mechanics sound, it sounds well over and above what you would expect from the dungeon crawler. And if the boys at Polyhedron, Polyhedron, I'll get my teeth in. If, <laughs> if Steve and Andy and John like it, because they call it that show because they know I can't pronounce it. Um, if, if Steve and Andy and John like it, then I'm sure it is definitely something that's worthwhile kind of checking out. Um, there's only one thing to do. Mm-hmm. And that is to say, as it's time to say goodbye. So it has been a, it's a big goodbye from the wonderful, the fantastic, the multi-talented game designer art man who drew pink donuts on Cthulhu-type monsters, the fantastic Mister Ian Schofield. <laughs> <laughs> say goodbye, Ian. Goodbye. And it's a goodbye from me. Remember, uh, stay safe. Roll sixes. Knock somebody's teeth out because you never know what you're going to get <laughs> if you get them. <laughs> if you punch them hard enough. Especially if you're an orc. But until next time. Oh, and check out this Kickstarter. Get on it. There'll be notes and links and stuff like that. And it looks really, really interesting. By the time you hear this, it's going to have funded and Everybody's going to be happy, um, except probably the toothless orcs that are going to need kind of major dental work. But until the next time, goodbye. <laughs>